This is the show where Eskimos fans get all things green and gold from the man who calls the shots. We're just ready to lace it up and go out there and hit somebody and uh, play physical, disciplined football. This is where one empire gets insight you can't get anywhere else. This is the Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering, Canada's largest public automotive and RV auction. Now, with Eskimos head coach Jason Moss, Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. Hey everybody, a 23-19 win for the Eskimos over the Montreal Alouettes on Friday night on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Welcome uh, to the Coaches Show with Jason Moss. Jason is uh, on assignment today. He's up catching fish. Uh, hi, Jason. How are you? I'm doing great. Man. Thanks. Uh, great stuff. Uh, pretty uh, important win. Uh, first home game, obviously, on Friday night, 23-19. First, kind of give me your, uh, your overall take of uh, what happened Friday night. Uh, solid finish to the game after... <laughs> What was not a great first half for your football team? No, we, we started off slow. I mean, had a couple turnovers early that they capitalized on. I thought our defense stood up strong on the second turnover and allowed them uh, only a field goal, which was huge, uh, to get back some momentum there. Um, you know, we had a couple miscues on offense. Uh, you know, Brandon uncharacteristically had a drop uh, in the end zone, which could have made the game uh, a little bit different in the first quarter. Uh, but then Whitey kicked that big field goal I think and I think that's what turned the momentum in our favor and uh, we played pretty well from there on out uh, physical game I mean we still played really physical up front both sides of the ball um, just didn't capitalize on certain things early but at the end of the game we were the stronger team um, to finish and uh, came out on the better end of it because of it a lot better in the second half take me through halftime were there things said out of out of the ordinary or was it just a normal halftime where everybody just talked about getting the game to get, uh, back together no it was it wasn't a normal halftime to be quite honest with you. i was very encouraged by our group we have a ton of leaders i've always said it our locker room is one of the best i've ever been around if not the best um with three minutes to go before we were our five minute warning we had already the whole team was already up out of their lockers ready to go out the field and I, we just sat there because you're really not supposed to go out there with a five-minute warning. But our guys were so amped up and ready uh, to go out and play that I just said, screw it. And gave them my speech and said, this, let's just go and finish. Let's play the ball we're, we're a type of ball we're capable of playing and get out. let's get a victory tonight. And the guys are fired up and went out and did it. And it's always good to see the, uh, the off-field stuff and, and the encouragement there turn into good stuff on the field as well because a lot of times it doesn't work that way. No, exactly. You never know um, how that's going to be. But I tell you what, I have a pretty good pulse of our team, and when you could see it in the guys' eyes like that, they know they didn't play well enough in the first half. But I think they're a confident group. They understand that if they play hard for 60 minutes, good things are going to happen. And ultimately, they have to take take games, and they, they're the ones that are going to win it. Um, they just got to do their jobs, uh, play just more disciplined football, and uh, obviously stay with the physical physical play which is what we like i said we we're built to control the line of scrimmage and that's what we want to do and be able to do and and ultimately just make plays when they're there and i think in the second half laddie's big ladler's big interception there uh helped turn the tide for us as well and we went down there and pretty much uh we're lights out from there Trayvon Van came in for the injured John White in the first half uh he was uh seemed much more comfortable and much more effective in the second half yeah, I mean, it's, I tell you what, you, you go into a game, you know, having missed a week of practice, he was down uh, with his family after his uncle had passed and came back up, uh, got three three practices in, 
and his main focus this week was return game. I mean, and going into the first game where he was going to be the return, punt returns, kick returns, and first time in the CFL doing that. Uh, and then all of a sudden, your marquee running back goes down, and you're thrust into that that role. And going against Montreal's defense is not easy. I mean, they're tough, physical. They give you a lot of different looks. Um, you know, so just running the ball is one thing, but then having to be great pass pro is another. And yeah, I thought uh, Trayvon did an excellent job stepping up and doing that. He will get better physically with the blocks finishing him, but to recon- the recognition was at a very high level. And then running the ball, I mean, shoot, he had the one run uh, for the touchdown. It was as physical a run as you'll see. Um, you know, hitting two guys at the, at the goal line and standing up and getting in there. And um, he'll be just fine. And he'll be fine once he gets more reps and, and, and stays in there. Yeah, that collision on the touchdown was something else. You could hear that all over the stadium. Oh, it was awesome. So it was great. Um, can you, you know him a little bit from, uh, from Ottawa. He was there when you were there. What can we expect from him as he gets the ball more and, and, and we move forward? What kind of player, what kind of runner is he? Well, Trayvon's, I mean, he's a, I mean, he's quick, he's fast. I mean, if he hits a hole and there's a seam, he's going to take it the distance. He has that capability every time he touches the ball. Um, if there's, you don't, he doesn't need too much there. Um, but he's also pretty physical. I mean, um, I think, you know, comparing him to John, I mean, John's probably the most physical, quick, twitch, uh, powerful person in a, in a smaller statured body that I've ever seen. Um, but Trayvon, just a little bit different. I mean, he's not going to probably be as powerful through the hole as John was, but when he hits something, he's going to hit it with maximum speed, just like you saw in that touchdown. It didn't take him hard long to go from 0 to 100 with the acceleration that he has. Uh, but he's got good vision. Um, you know, he's a, he's a good blocker. He, he's a good, solid football player. He just hasn't had a ton of reps uh, doing it. Last year with Ottawa, he had, you know, he was the marquee guy a couple games, a few games, and and then wasn't um, he just will get better as the reps go on? But uh, no, he's got he's got talent. He's got enough talent to be a great running back in this league. It's just a matter of uh, getting in there and proving it. Uh, is it as bad for uh, John White as it appeared? Uh, you know, until we get the MRI results back, I mean, uh, the prognosis didn't look good uh, leaving the stadium. But I don't want to spe- uh, speculate until we know absolutely uh, what's going on. Um, but, I mean, whenever a football player goes down with a non-contact injury, you start to wonder. So, um, you know, it's probably not going to be good for John, but uh, we're hoping we, you gotta, you got to hold out hope until you hear the final results. Yeah, your heart breaks for the guy, though. He's such a hard worker, and just he just wants to play, and it's uh, his body just won't let him uh, now a couple of times in the last few years. Yeah, I mean uh, – Sometimes you got to face some adversity in your life and overcome it. And I think John's already overcame a really devastating injury with the Achilles. And nowadays, you know, knee injuries or whatever it ends up being, uh, you know, guys go through that every day, every year, and they all come back. So it's just a matter of the rehab and, and doing some different things. So, But, again, I don't want to speculate exactly until yeah. we find out, and hopefully it's really good news. But if not, John's got a, a road to travel and knowing him, he'll make the most of it. Uh, without him in the lineup on Friday, does did the game change uh, game plan change at all on Friday without White, and does it change going forward without him? Um, it didn't change. I mean, we, we definitely stuck to our guns running the ball and mixing things up. Um, you know, that's, again, we've said it before, we'd prefer to be a more balanced offense probably than, more other, than other offenses in our league right now. 
Um, and I just think that just helps everybody. Helps our line get off the ball. Helps them be more physical up front. Uh, a defense can't really, um, you know, hunker down and, and know exactly what you're doing and, and pin the ears back. Um, but you know, we'll, it remains to be seen. We knew what we had in John. We'll have to find out what we have in Trayvon. See which runs, uh, what, how he really, really fits our offense because our offense was built around John. Um, but at the same time, you know, he's a running back with a lot of talent. So we'll figure something out, um, you know, and we'll go from there. But, uh, again, our, our MO on offense is to be physical up front uh, and to be balanced. Um, and like I said, but a defense sometimes dictates other things to us. And trust me, if, if Mike Riley has to drop back and throw it 40 or 50 times in a game, I'm never going to be too too worried about it because he's he's good enough to be able to do that and get wins. But you know, at the same time, the balance is what you shoot for. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a terrible streak you're on. You had Corey Greenwood in training camp. JC shared last week. Uh, in those two cases, uh, you had some 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 pretty veteran guys to step in and take over. Give me your take on or not? Uh, I guess in Adam Conard says it was first start. He did fine. Uh, give me your take on Corey Jones and him stepping in uh, and replacing JC Sherrod. Yeah, I thought he did fine. I mean, um, you know, we'll talk with Benny after we get back from our bye and and figure out what his assessment was, but. I mean, playing your first game, uh, going against a, an, an offense that you know they're going to run the ball, they're going to do different things, and you've got to be able to cancel your gaps and make plays. I thought he did a fine job uh, standing in there. He's only going to get better. I mean, it's not like Corey's got a ton of starts under his belt either. So, you know, he's he's uh, being thrust into a role for us, and I think he's going to do just fine. Um, you know, he's still playing all the special teams for us and doing different things as well. So, you know, um you know, I thought he did a great job lining guys up and getting ready, guys ready to play. So um, he's still he's staying around Edmonton on his bye week, so you know he's committed uh, long-term for us and, and just wanted to, to take advantage of his opportunity. This is the Eskimos Show on 630 Ched, the coach's show with uh, Eskimos head coach Jason Moss. We'll take a break, be back with more. You're listening to 630 Ched, the voice of the Edmonton Eskimos. <laughs> The Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. We have the selection. You set the price. Now, Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio. 630 Chad. We're back with the head coach, Jason Moss, who's on the phone this week while he takes some R&R time because of the Eskimos' bye week. Uh, Jason, what's it like for you on a bye week as a head coach? I know the players like it. They like to get away. They like to rest and relax. Does a coach ever rest and relax? Uh, yeah, after a win, you do. <laughs> I mean, it's a little nicer going into a bye 2-0 rather than 0-2 uh, or 1-1. Um, you know, it's just nice to kind of – get up here with some friends and some family and enjoy the outdoors for me personally. Um, I am allowed to, to step back and not think about football for a couple of days. I still want to get back though, at least a day before my coaches come in. So I'm kind of more well rested. Um, but no question it's needed. And we've been going hard since I think May, middle of May and haven't stopped. And, you know, it's a constant uh, evolution of your football team. So there's a lot of thinking that's going on. But for this week and for these three days, I'm able to just step back and then take a breath. <laughs> so you're not going to be watching any video? No, I won't. Uh, I watched it yesterday, and, and uh, I won't watch any for a couple days. And I watched the game last night, and that was about it, the uh, SAS game. So that's about the only thing I ended up doing is watching that. Uh, but I won't watch uh, any film until I get back home. 
That was that was a pretty exciting win for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Another thriller to start the season. I mean, two weeks in, we've had some great football games to watch. No question. As a CFL fan, I mean, to see the type of finishes we've had, a couple of overtime games already, um, you know, and other games are going right down to the wire. I mean, what more can you ask for if you're a CFL fan or a football fan in general? I mean, it, those have been great games and uh, great start to our season. You mentioned uh, that you're getting away from it. The coaches are getting away from it. The players, obviously, some of them, uh, most of them, I imagine, are getting away from it. What is expected from you to your players uh, uh, during a bye week? Uh, do you expect them to, to at least get on a bike or go for a run or something, just keep the cardio up, but mostly just rest the body? Yeah, it's it's kind of, you know, guys that have never done it before, they got to kind of feel it out. But I think they've been going hard, too. I mean, they've had a full training camp under their belts. They've had four games now that they've played in where they've had to be ready. They also are mentally drained a bit, too. I mean, as good as it feels to be 2-0 and and to win your last game and feel that camaraderie in the locker room and, and all that, when you go home after that and you physically rest up, you can you get to a feeling of how mentally draining football is. And um, for them – they get a chance to take a breath as well. Um, my expectation of them is just to be ready with true excitement coming back. And, and I hope at some point when they're home, they're missing their, their fellow teammates because that's what you miss as a football player. You miss being in a locker room. You miss being around your guys. It's a fam- it is a family. It truly is. And that's the kind of culture we've tried to uh, uh, have in our, in our organization, throughout our organization. So I'm hoping at some point they're itching to come back rather than dreading coming back and, and missing their own families. I hope they're kind of getting that feeling like, man, I want to get back to work and get truly excited and refreshed. And so that's what I'll look for. Um, and I know that's what I'll get just because I know our team so well. You never get to pick when your bye week is going to fall, but in your mind, what's the, what's the perfect weeks for a bye week to fall? Um, shoot. I mean, I don't know. I, I think having the one this early after camp is probably pretty good. And I don't, I think this year, the way ours is setting up to have one, um, kind of right after our Labor Day matchup where we kind of play two really physical games and have a bye week really close to that I think is a pretty good stretch because then at the end of the year you want to, to me, um, you know, you never know the situation you're going to be in, but you want to be playing your best football at the end of the year. So to take a whole bunch of breaks at the end of the year when you're kind of hot, unless you've had some injuries and you guys rest up, I think you'd rather be playing and continue to play. So um, and obviously you're always shooting for first place to get the bye week at the end of the year anyway going to the playoffs. So um, I, I like our schedule this year. I like how it sets up. Uh, have one in the summer and have one in the fall it, I think is a pretty good thing. Uh, let's go back to Friday night's game uh, against the Montreal Alouettes, a uh, 23-19 win. I want to talk a little bit about Sean White, who since he arrived in Edmonton has been absolutely money kicking field goals, 6-for-6 uh, six six this year. Now the big 55-yarder on Friday night. He's uh, got 24 straight field goals going back to last year. Uh, he's kind of turning into what you dream of in a field goal kicker, especially just a guy, doesn't matter what the situation is, if it's uh, early in the game, late in the game, last play of the game, he just goes out and kicks a field goal. Oh, that's what we love about Whitey. I mean, he comes in, does his job. Obviously, he's got more on his plate this year with punting and kicking off, but he's still doing it as good as we expected him to. So um, I don't worry about Whitey one bit. Um, you know, last game's a great example. You know, we're 50-yard, 51-yard field goal, 50-yard field goal, and it well within his wheelhouse that night, you know, telling us before the game he could have kicked one up to 58, he felt like going that way, or 60 even. Um and we drop back, have a penalty, and go to 55 yards, and he doesn't skip a beat. And uh, that just shows you how mentally locked in he is, how physically gifted he is. 
Um, and obviously it's a huge weapon for us to have a guy that you know is going to go out there and do his job and execute at a high level. So, um, he, like you said, he's he's had a tremendous start to the year. He's doing it with the new holder, uh, you know, saying Ryan King's still snapping to him, but uh, to do it with Danny O'Brien holding rather than Jordan Lynch, you know, you know, shows you how consistent of a performer he really is. You mentioned the penalty and moving from 50 to 55 yards. There didn't seem to be any hesitation at all from, from you guys at the bench to him. I, I You know, I, I was looking at him, and he just looked over you, gave you a thumbs up, and away you went. Yeah, and I mean, I'm the type of guy, I'm aggressive with our field goals. I mean, I, no matter who the returner is in our league, I've told them before, even when we were going with, against Rainey and BC, I said, hey, we're kicking long field goals. I'm not worried about it. You guys have a job to do is cover, and Whitey's got a job to do to execute it. As long as it's in, within his wheelhouse, I'm always going to go for the field goal. So I have that much confidence in those guys' that execution. So um, it was awesome to see him just not hesitate, have the confidence he was going to boot it through, and you know, and then he ultimately goes ahead and does it, and that's a whole other story. So, like I said, that was a huge momentum shift. You can see anytime you hit a field goal like that, your whole bench, everybody gets up because they know how big of a deal kicking a 55-yard field goal is. Yeah, it, did, it didn't give you the lead. It got you within a point, but it, you're right. It really kind of changed the game around, I think. And I think that was at the point where everybody kind of knew, yeah, I think they're going to come back and win this one. I know your feeling is like that all the time on the bench, but I think that just enforced it to everybody, reinforced it to everybody. Yeah, no question. I mean, that's, I think I've said it before, our type, our group is very mentally tough. They, they fight to the finish. They, they don't feel like they're ever out of a game. Um, you know, I, like I said, last week against BC, as soon as they scored, our guy, all our offensive guys got off the bench, ready to roll. They knew they had time enough to go down and score, uh, to win the game. So, you know, our, our team is built that way. Uh, that was one of the things I told them coming out of halftime. I said, it doesn't matter if we're up or we're down. We're built for moments like this. So just go out there, play your ball, and, and everything will take care of itself. So, yeah. um, you know, it's awesome to see. We talked about it a bit last week, the response in, in Vancouver late in the game. This week it was kind of early in the game when you got down 2 nothing. They just went out and uh, nobody panicked. Everybody just went about their business. And I guess that is pretty uh, uh, reassuring to you to know that everybody's just sticking with the game plan and sticking with the system. Yeah, I mean, I've told them at the beginning of the year, you know, you're never going to see me get too high, too low with any situation, no matter what what's going on. And I want them to play that way as well. So you don't see anybody – uh, complaining on our sidelines about the circumstances that we're in. We're a bunch of uh, problem solvers, not excuse makers. I mean, that's what that's what I preach and what we preach as an organization uh, in our locker room. So when we're down, we try to figure out why and, and figure out the things that we need to do to, to, to make that not happen and reverse that trend uh, rather than just keep dwelling on what's going on and why we're not being able to do something. So, you know, anytime you have a group like that and you have veteran leaders that um, – want to play that way and want their guys next to them to play that way, you know, you know, you got a good group. So, uh, like I said, I couldn't be more proud to coach us, to coach the Edmonton Eskimos and very thrilled with the type of guys we have here. Uh, Jason, you're two and oh, and you've probably, you'll agree with me. I'm sure you're, you're pretty far from your best football game. Still, you haven't played, uh, near your best. You're two and oh, it, it all bodes pretty well for a good season. If you keep the work up, but I imagine you're, you're pretty happy with where you sit right now. Well, happy and satisfied are two different uh, things. I mean, to have a record of 2-0, and that's what you want. I mean, I don't care what you're playing. I don't, uh, if you're playing a board game and you're 2-0, I mean, you're happy. So, uh, you know, I, I just think that's what you're – the reason we play the game is to win. It, there's no uh, how you do it half the, most of the time. It's what's your end result, and our end result is to win. 
So to do that's great. Now, satisfa- satisfaction of what you're doing, no, that's not even close to the level we want to be playing at. So there's always room for improvement. There's always room for growth. Uh, we've learned every game. There's been situations that have come up that's going to help us in the future. But no question, we need to be playing better as the weeks go on rather than staying stagnant. So none of our guys in our locker room are satisfied where we are. We're happy that we're 2-0, and but no one's satisfied with being 2-0 and and the way we've been playing. Um, so we'll only get better as long as, like you just said, if we continue to work. And that's the best part of our team is they're a bunch of humble, hardworking guys uh, that love football and love com- competing. So you watch us practice and you watch the speed and the execution and the uh, competition that arises each and every day. That's what gives you hope. That's what gives you belief that you're a good football team. And I get to see it on a day-to-day basis. So, um, you know, hopefully we'll just continue to do that and continue to play better and uh, ultimately continue winning. Jason Moss, thanks for taking time out uh, while you had a few days off. We appreciate that. Uh, you're back in studio next week. We'll talk about the Ottawa Red Blacks, and I hope we'll hear some good fish stories as well. Uh, enjoy your time off, Jason. Thanks, Marley. All Have right, that's one. it for the Eskimos Coaches Show this week with Jason Moss. We're back in one week's time. Have a great night, everybody. The Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. We have the selection. You set the price. On Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad.